Guys, my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. It's ranking extremely high on Kindle and Audible, and I want to thank you guys for grabbing it. If you haven't bought it yet, here's what James Y. said in an Amazon review on March 8th. He said, literally, a step-by-step blueprint for conquering the world and building your own empire. Five stars. It's a verified purchase. He goes on to say, if you like doing things the hard way, don't read this book. For everyone else who appreciates someone showing you what to do and why it works step-by-step so you can rinse and repeat and accomplish the same results, read this book now in all caps. He then says, pro tip, stock up on highlighters while you're adding this to your Amazon cart, you'll be using them. This book should be required reading for every entrepreneur, startup or founder, business person, and human. Seriously, Nathan isn't in a kind of class that cuts through all the bull crap, he used a different word, to show you what you need to do and how to do it. If success came with an instruction manual, this book would be it. We'll be stocking up and handing these out as Christmas gifts to all my friends and colleagues. If I could give this book a six-star review, I would. From James, James, thank you. All you that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. SaaS founders are loving the book. Go grab an audible version right now at capitalistbook.com. He grew his company Scoopage to about two million bucks in revenue. Then uh, recently was acquired by a much larger company called Link Fluence that was founded in 2006. And in 2012, that company transitioned to a full fledged SaaS company. Still early on, really growing through RFPs, now doing about $22 million in AR combined between the two companies. $45 million raised, 500 customers uh, paying. They've got about 220 folks between San Francisco and other remote locations. Again, helping to make social data more accessible, more relevant, and really social listening more uh, simple or simpler. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Guillaume de Cougas. He is the founder of a company called Linked, is CEO of a company called Linked Fluence, a SaaS platform that turns social data into valuable insights for global brands using AI and the human expertise from 100 plus data scientists and analysts. He's also the co-founder and CEO of Scoopit, a web content monitoring SaaS platform, which was acquired by Linked Fluence. He's been an entrepreneur since 2000. Are you ready, Guillaume, to take us to the top? Yep. All right. So what, so what happened? You sold scoop it to link fluence and then they made you the CEO. Yeah, it's a pretty exotic deal. Uh, but, uh, it came at a time where link fluence was looking at, um, developing in the U S accelerating after just having closed a new round of funding of, uh, $21 million. Uh, and they were also looking for a new CEO. So, uh, to kind of hit two birds with one stone. Yeah. You said, okay, fine. I'll come be CEO, but you have to acquire my company for a 10 X multiple. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a, yeah, well, the conversation didn't go exactly like this, but yeah, the, the, the question was like, you, uh, you know, Linkfluence has been very uh, strong developing its um, uh, revenue model in Europe and Asia, but among all of the uh, top players in the social listening space, it didn't do anything in the US. Um, Scoopit, however, was uh, headquartered in San Francisco, so it was a nice fit. Uh, and also at the technology level, uh, both companies are doing the same thing, which is, you know, crawling the web 
using AI to analyze this content uh, and helping marketers derive value from it. Yep. Okay. So tell us about, I mean, you just give us a bit of an overview about LinkedIn. Give us an example of a customer that's using it. Uh, yeah. So customers include, uh, you know, large global brands like uh, Danone or Burberry or uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, and and so on. So those large global brands who need to develop an intimate knowledge uh, of their consumers, uh, that's essential to understand their brand and whether it's still relevant or understand market trends. So the traditional way of doing that is you call people, you do surveys, you do polls, and you get insights out of this. The new way of doing this is you look at social data, you look at what people say online in public conversations, uh, and you use big data and AI technology to make sense out of all of this. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So give me, I mean, you just mentioned some enterprise customers. I don't want to go down every cohort, but on average, what would one of these customers pay you per month or per year for the technology? So the interesting part, and, um, you know, we, we did one of, uh, those a few months ago and I talked about the, the scoop of business and yeah. how we scaled up to enterprise. Um, one of the things we saw in marketing technology at, that was a limitation of Scoopit is like, how do you scale those deals? Well, the thing is, um, you know, uh, LinkedIn's managed to do this. They have a number of clients above $1 million in revenue on a yearly basis. Um, they start, you know, you know, we, we start, I should say we now <laughs> at uh, smaller sizes with, you know, engagement, which can be 20K, 30K, 50K. But if you look at those large global brands, they want those inside the social data to be a global deployment, which means uh, hundreds or thousands of users. And that's where you go and have, you know, above a million dollars a year of uh, uh, recurring revenue with, with those larger brands. Okay. But number, you know, adding like number of seats, is a pretty typical pricing axis to drive expansion revenue. Why weren't you able to figure that out at Scoopit? So at Scoopit, what, um, you know, what we found is that if you want to drive the number of seats, you need to do more than software. Uh, and that was a limitation. We didn't have the, the resources to build a service team. And that's what LinkedIn's did really, really well. The, the company actually started not as a SaaS company, uh, but more like a, a, um, a traditional agency model. And they built the platform that they felt they needed from a technology standpoint. And I think if you want to scale and be able to have 2,000 um, you know, people using um, your software, you need to have a very simple, very uh, bottom-up approach, or you need to bring services like project management, consulting. Uh, and the other thing LinkedIn does, it's, it's also capable of operating the platform itself for its own customers. So what it does is it's able to derive insights uh, and operate the platform on behalf of uh, its clients. So that's the beauty of the model. And that's how they were able to scale to that level that you know we failed to do at Scoopit, to be really honest. Interesting. Okay, so now when you put it all together, so are you looking at like average contract values, call it like 100 grand, 200 grand? Well, what, generally, where are they falling? Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're doing on a, a recurring basis, we're doing about 20 million a year uh, of ARR uh, with about 500 customers. Yep. Okay, good. So we can obviously just take 500 and divide that into to, into your AR to kind of get a good sense. Each customer is paying about what, three, four grand a month, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's more 40. Yeah. Yep. So about $40,000 ACV, something like that. Interesting. Yep. And, and, and what are they, and obviously that might be maybe first year ACV when they're signing up originally, are they starting with one specific sector of the business and then expanding to different, like, uh, other, other departments or silos? Or are you really going for a full deployment right off the bat? So, um, that's very interesting. They usually start with one, uh, part of the company, but the interesting part with social data now is it's, it started with uh, digital marketing. Obviously all of the digital marketers want to listen to social data. Uh, but now what we're seeing is that as uh, those clients get more mature, 
They also want to use the social data for uh, consumer insights, which is you know the traditional uh, market research um, um, teams. They want to use that for uh, social care, so all of the customer relationship, like you know when you tweet at an airline because you're complaining your flight is late, they want to listen to that, um, and it informs even their product uh, strategy. And so the the um, it usually starts with one team, but uh, our role is to evolve this maturity. Uh, model and to help those clients get more mature and get into more teams. Yep. So, so what is typical expansion year over year on a single account? Uh, so, you know, we've, we've got some clients who started at, you know, with a 50 K engagement, 50 K, uh, average contract value. And now are like, you know, multiple hundred Ks. Uh, and that's what we're looking at doing. We, and that's why we focus on large enterprise with global brands, because it gives us uh, an opportunity to work with multiple markets. A lot of those companies, if you take uh, Danone, for instance, uh, they're also multi-brands, which means each of the brand companies will want to have their own implementation of our platform. Uh, so if you multiply that by brands, by markets, and if you cross from digital marketing to consumer insights uh, to Marcom, uh, you get a lot of, uh, of expansion capabilities. So Guillaume, if you look at kind of net revenue retention annually. It sounds like you might be above 100 by a by a good chunk if your expansion machine is working nicely. W- what is it today? It means of like net revenue retention. Um, so I don't have that number in mind, but you know, the company's been, you know, growing through negative churn from, you know, over the past uh, three years already. Okay. If I peel if we peel back that onion for a second, though, I mean, do you have the gross revenue churn number before you add back, back expansion? Sorry, can you can you say again? Yeah, Guillaume. The question was: If you peel back that onion, do you have your gross? Re- do you know your gross revenue churn per year before you add back expansion? Um. So, to, no, not at the top of my head. Uh, and bear with me. You know, I've been in the business for uh, just uh, just a few weeks. Um, I think you know if we look at the um, and there's a tiering uh, approach we're we're having there with you know with like you know uh, maybe if you look at our top ten clients, we've been growing. Um, you know, with them at a probably a 30, 40% uh, expansion rate uh, year to year. Um, and the smaller clients is, you know, going into, you know, from one engagement to becoming a tier one client. So the, the way we look at our model is really, you know, do we go, uh, do we start with local clients in one geography with one team? And can we uh, get them to become then global clients where with multiple geographies, multiple teams? Uh, so for us, that's that's where we are focusing our activities from a sales point of view, from an account management and CS point of view. Okay, but you're sure from a net revenue retention perspective, you're you're above 100 mm-hmm. percent on a cohort. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Very cool. And then what do you the overall business? You said you're doing about 20 million today. Where were you? What were you doing about a year ago? What's the overall company growth rate? So the company has been growing, you know, 30, 40 percent a year for the last. Uh, four years. Okay. So, so call it a year ago, maybe doing about 15 million bucks in AR or something like that. Yeah. that. That's great. And how much of the growth over the past 12 months was from the scoop it acquisition or, or were they really just going after you and your team? Oh, so that that's uh, before we include the scoop it acquisition. Oh, uh, 15 so was those before scoop it. Those are, those numbers are pro forma before the scoop it acquisition, including the 20 you just told me today. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, well, did Scoop It have meaning? I forget what you told me because it was many, many shows ago, but did yeah, Scoop It yeah, have meaningful so, revenue? Uh, Scoop It is uh, 2.5 AR okay. uh, approximately at the stage. Okay, so call it 22.5 today total yeah, altogether? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Exactly. That's great. And then and then, um, Linkfluence, uh, it sounds like they've raised capital. Um, how much total have they raised? 
45. 45. Yeah. Okay. And what yeah. was the latest the round, of- round of, yeah, the latest round was 21. Um, and that closed, uh, that's, uh, that's what we announced uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Was that round contingent on them doing a deal with you and you joining a CEO? Uh, it happened at the same time, but it, it, no, it wasn't uh, contingent on this. Uh, but he raised those questions about, you know, where do we take the business? Like, what, where, uh, what's next for the company? Uh, and how do we solve the the, the gap uh, in uh, in terms of geography with the company being one of the uh, only players um, in that market that hasn't been really present in the U.S. Yep. And when was put, put kind of linked affluence on 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 a time like a timeline line for us? When did they launch? So the company actually launched in 2006, but the the uh, the, the, the kind of uh, shift uh, to becoming a SaaS platform happened in uh, 2012. Uh, so from 20, 2006 to 2012, the company was very good at understanding social data, but more acting as consultants or an, as an agency with with their clients. And they started to build the uh, the SaaS platform in 2012 uh, and started you know transitioning from an agency model to a SaaS platform. Uh, which I think is a great way to discover some some needs and really understand the model for your clients. Um, it's just a hard transition that a lot of agencies or consulting firms fail to achieve at some point. Why do they fail? Because it's not the same culture. You know, being a, being a consulting firm being uh, is like you know uh, you don't have to productize. You don't have to uh, really narrow down the the, the needs of your uh, clients to the essentials. Uh, so having the discipline to build a product. Uh, is a different exercise, um, and I think I've, you know I've seen I've seen some uh, people go through that transition. I was at the board of a company that uh, did that really well, but I've seen a lot of people fail and you know be tempted to always do custom work uh, with their clients all the time. There's there's always a temptation between there you know as an agency you can do anything. But as a product company, you can do what your product is good at, which means you need to focus. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to give up. Uh, I th- the most successful SaaS companies, though, you're right, that I've interviewed have all started for a year or two as an agency. And then they were ruthless in either selling the agency or shutting it down and going all in on the software, even if revenue took a hit for a year or two. Uh, exactly. And that's the, it takes a lot of discipline. And it takes, you know, uh, you need to say no to some clients. And it's very hard. Yep. What are you, uh, what's the combined company, LinkedIn plus Scoopit? What are you guys at today in terms of team size? Uh, 220 people. 220. Okay, very good. And spread out obviously between San Francisco, where else? So yeah, uh, most of the team for LinkedInfluence is in um, Europe and Asia. So uh, Paris is the HQ. Uh, we've got offices in London, uh, Dusseldorf in Germany, Shanghai in, uh, in China and Singapore. Uh, so now we're adding San Francisco as a new office. That's great. And I know you're just, you've just joined a couple of weeks ago. Have you dug in yet uh, to kind of understand things like payback period on these, on these new $40,000 ACV accounts? So it's, it's actually, um, uh, very interesting because, uh, the company has been growing without doing much marketing, uh, historically. So it hasn't used the traditional, you know, um, uh, SaaS playbook, marketing acquisition and CAC. Most of those deals came through, you know, um, being diligent, uh, being doing some networking with those big accounts, being in RFPs. Uh, so it doesn't have a good visibility. And that's one of the things that I want to, um, you know, be more disciplined into understanding is like, you know, what are the, um, uh, what's the, the, the payback period? What's the CAC? What should we uh, focus on? So there's a lot of things that the company's been doing, which is outside of the typical uh, SaaS playbook, but it been, you know, uh, successful at doing it. I think, uh, now that we're expanding and, you know, obviously you want to be um, 
uh, strong in discipline in, in our acquisition in the US, we, we're going to have to measure a lot more of those metrics. Uh, of the 220 people full time, how many of them are dedicated to marketing or sales or AEs or SDRs or things like that? So um, the whole sales and marketing part uh, is, um, is about 30%. Okay, 30% of the 220? Mm-hmm. So about 63 people, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you could add up all their salaries like per month and then divide by the number of new customers per month and kind of back into a fully weighted CAC. Do you, do you look at that, those kinds of calculations or no? Yeah, that's what we're going to be uh, putting in place uh, to get a better understanding of this. But, but it hasn't so, been in place since you joined. No, it's, uh, it's actually interesting. Um, you know, the company's been having, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good growth, but outside of the playbook, you know, of doing everything, you know, by the book and, and in terms of following the SAS the SAS metrics like CAC, like, you know, um, uh, net churn, uh, retention and so on. Interesting. Well, it sounds like there's a lot to optimize. That's, that's a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Let's wrap, let's wrap with Key home with uh, the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, <laughs> that's funny. Cause you asked me the question last time. Anything new? Um, um you know, there's a, there's a business book that I loved, um, back in the days, which was, um, you know, uh, built to last, um, I can't remember the author, um, but it dates back to uh, a long time ago. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? That's really <laughs> Num- number. <laughs> that's okay. Those questions. That's okay. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business besides your own? Um, so one of the tools I really love, um, it's called, it's a tool called, called uh, full story. Yep. Uh, it's really helping, you know, understand how people use your product. Uh, I would really recommend it. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Seven to eight. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Married, three kids. Three. Very good. And how old are you? So oldest one is 18 and then 15 and 13. Sorry. How old are you? I'm 47. 47. <laughs> All right. He says as he squeaks a little bit. All right. Last question here, Guillaume. Take us back to your 20 year old self. What do you wish he knew? Well, I would say, um, I don't know if I wish I knew, uh, I'd known more, but, uh, you know, the advice I would give myself would be, you know, to get out of my comfort zone. That's what I told, you know, my daughter, you know, as she, um, started college, you know, there's a lot more to learn if you go out go out and, you know, you push yourself on the red and you get out of your comfort zone and you learn, you learn new things. Um, I don't know if there's one thing, you know, I wish I knew, uh, but, um, definitely would push myself, uh, to, um, to get out of things that are easy. Guys, get out of your comfort zone. He grew his company, Scoop It, to about 2 million bucks in revenue. Then uh, recently was acquired by a much larger company called Link Fluence that was founded in 2006. And in 2012, that company transitioned to a full-fledged SaaS company. Still early on, really growing through RFP, is now doing about $22 million in AR combined between the two companies. $45 million raised, 500 customers uh, paying. They've got about 220 folks between San Francisco and other remote locations. Again, helping to make social data more accessible, more relevant and really social listening more uh, simple or simpler. Guillaume, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.